Mission Chats with John Crow. Welcome back to Mission Chats, and today I have a unique opportunity to catch up with one of my friends from uh, 30 years ago. And Mike has a unique ministry, and I'm excited to let you hear about that and the journey that the Lord has had him on. So Mike, welcome to Mission Chats. And as I always do, just want to invite you to share your journey, how the Lord brought you to faith and into missions. Good to see you and hear you, John. We are close on this side of the world together this time, but we knew each other from the other side of the world in Australia. I am now living in Mexico, but my faith journey brought us over here about 16 years ago. But before that, I grew up in a Christian missionary family. You were my neighbor Mm -hmm. for a couple of years when your your family returned from another part of the world in Africa. And it was during that sort of time that we together started to explore our own faith, I guess, and developed our own journeys together. From there, I started to be involved in, in missions and moved away to the Gold Coast of Australia from the city that we were living in at that time. And and it was there that I started to share with people um, the message that I understood at that time about Jesus. Mm. Um, that went well. And then uh, during that time, I had an opportunity to come to this location in Mexico and for a, a few weeks, and I saw that uh, what missionaries did and felt called to continue on in that journey of exploring how I could be um, a better cross-cultural worker. So then I went to a Bible college for a couple of years, uh, and then at that college is where I um, probably had a significant God experience mm. and understood that even though I had lived a, a good life, I was in need of Jesus' salvation mm. and I must say epiphany, significant moment, one weekend, and from there things um, improved. And I continued to follow the the call in missions to to leave Australia and come to this part of Mexico, the southern part of Mexico, and being connected with people who enjoy God's creation Mm -hmm. but don't know the God who created it. And that's in a, uh, we're working in a beach location, a tropical beach location. Um, and our target audience is the surfing community. Mm. So that's what we're we're up to at the moment, and and I guess that's part of the Jesus God's story of part of our life. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fantastic. Now you're a married man and you have kids. How did you meet your wife, and what's yeah. that look like? Yes, as part of Bible college, which is often called bridal college. <laughs> I met my wife in my before graduating. Family was in, uh, involved with it, with the, the college that I was studying at, and she came to visit some people at the college, and so we connected and hung out. And not too much later, we decided that it was definitely God had put us together, mm. and so we have four teenage kids now. Yep. And yes, they have Australian passports, right. and some of them have a few Australian words. Right. That they've um, grown up here speaking Mexican Spanish, right. as well living in and as we were sharing uh, they have american accents right but yes they're quite international and yeah they're, they're doing well so mm-hmm. they're school but they've been watching 
for all their lives, what it is to share Jesus and and help other people find and follow Jesus. So making disciples, right? They're, they're doing well, and we'll we'll see what happens in the in the coming years. Right. The ones that are in school are doing well, but the others, uh, yeah, starting to develop their own ministries mm-hmm. and helping out and sharing and Jesus with those that they come across. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I can definitely relate to uh, the missionary kid life and uh, not having the accent of your home country and yeah, <laughs> some of those unique experiences, if you will. But now you mentioned that you serve in a beach area and uh, looking to share the love of Jesus with surfers. Could you dive into that a little more? I've always thought, what a cool ministry. Uh, sometimes I'm a little jealous of it, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not something that most people think of as a, a way to do Christian missions. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like, what your days are like. Yeah. So for the last decade and a half, we've been here. We came to continue on and help support the stuff that had happened at the start of the 90s. And different other workers had come in, done ministry like what we're doing for a season, then moved on. And so we came to support another family that was here at the time as well as the continue on to grow the the concept of reaching surfers in this world-class surfing location. Mm-hmm. So over the last many years, I've been looking for believers existing or sharing Jesus and um, helping people become followers of Jesus mm-hmm. and encouraging them, training them to share what they know with people that they know. Also, if they don't know someone, start to get to know someone so that you can share the reason for the hope you have in a loving, caring way. So the multiple times during the week, I will go down to the beach. It's about five minutes from here. Mm -hmm. And either on the beach, in the water, around the beach community, be engaging conversations with people and finding out, God, what are you doing in their lives? Mm -hmm. Ask God to, to show me so that I can be involved and help them get closer to living in the life in God's kingdom that that they that God wants for them. Lots of people are looking for a better life mm-hmm. and they just don't know how to get it. It's not necessary, I guess, to be a confrontational upfront person, but it does make it a little bit easier just right. to have conversations. But most of the time it's just having conversations with one or two people, three people, just uh, while you're waiting for the waves, catch a few waves and come back to where you were and keep chatting and asking serious questions. What's going on in your life? Ask them simple things like, what's been the best part of the week since we last met? Or ask them, what are they doing here? And they ask me, what are you doing here? Right. And that sort of opens up to the sharing about the ministry of Christian surfers. No, that's fantastic. And obviously, you know, this far into your ministry there, I know I'm sure that you have a good reputation and that the locals know who you are. Now, would you see a lot of, let's call them tourists coming in to surf the waves there, transitionary type folks, or or is it more just local people? It's a blend of both, maybe 50-50. There's definitely lots of tourists that come through or long-term tourists that come for a few months. Okay. Yep. Location is world-class. Mm-hmm. And also why we started here. Yeah. And that brings the the best big wave surfers in the world for quite a few months. Mm-hmm. So we have engagement with them as well as the local surfers and have interaction with them all year mm-hmm. and do life with them. Yeah, we are well known and we feel that we're respected mm-hmm. and 
weekend because of what we've been doing over the years that's been appropriate and supporting them and, and helping them in all sorts of needs. Mm-hmm. It's not just about sharing the gospel, but that's a significant thing that we do. Right. And, but it's about serving them. And, and as Jesus says, people will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love them. So mm-hmm. we need to, and seek to, to love these people right. in different ways. And some it might be different for some people. Mm-hmm. But you need to be in their sphere of influence. So hence be at the beach where they are or go visit them at the hotels and all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. there's lots of interactions that every day is sort of similar but different. Mm-hmm. You never know what's <laughs> going to get done. Right. And of course, you know, conversations can start on the waves at the beach, that type of thing. But I know you you try to bring people together in, in small groups and through that uh, disciple and help them learn how to disciple others. Love to hear a little bit of the model you're using and, and how you've seen that work over the past few years. Yeah. So our, we'll call it a strategy and that we, we're using is that we equip all believers to be disciple makers. So we give them simple tools. Mm-hmm. So that they can share their story, which is a testimony. Mm-hmm. They can share Jesus' story, mm-hmm. explaining the gospel, and that they can guide people in simple Bible passages. Mm-hmm. So we'll set them up with some simple, memorable stories that they can repeat, whether in the water, at the beach, mm-hmm. wherever they are around, or in, in just little gatherings and just asking simple discovery Bible questions. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's share their story and ask the person from what you've just heard, uh, what stands out to you? Right. Is there something that stands out to you about God or Jesus? Mm-hmm. Is there something that stands out to you about the people in the story? Is there something that you are impacted by related to um, an action that they did or you think you need to do? Mm-hmm. So three questions related to what stands out to you. Right. That's what we find is very replicatable and people and feel comfortable in answering it mm-hmm. most people don't know what passage of scripture they should share so we've been finding it easy to use a, a set of stories of hope and there are stories about jesus having interaction with people mm-hmm. and the person who's had the interaction with him leaves full of hope and changed in mm-hmm. a positive way right. so that's some of the, the things and then the, once we've there's like an introduction to jesus mm-hmm. And then once people go, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, then we'll move into another series of studies that generally are classified as the the commands of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that helps people understand how to follow Jesus. Right. So we've been training people all, all around the country with those passages and those, those tools mm-hmm. so they can do it because most Christians who are, who are on our surface, uh, they're the only one in, the, in their region. Mm-hmm. in the area of a right. few hours drive right so if we don't empower them nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. they're at the beach and getting a surfer into a a church facility is very difficult right. so we need to have the missionaries the workers the believers mm-hmm. the disciples going and being where those people are and that's what we do now that's wonderful and such an encouragement to hear you know just empowering as you said training giving them tools they can uh, be missionaries themselves as it were or you know the most simple way of explaining that just being able to share the gospel and, and the love of god themselves which which i love how you approach it now thinking back over over the years you've been there i'm sure you've got a lot of great stories but i'd love to hear just one or two kind of key stories 
times that you've seen God at work either in you or through you? Every day, things are different, mm-hmm. but they're similar. Yeah. Um, just being guided by by the, the Holy Spirit to be in the right place at the right time. If I counted it, I would lose count how many times. It just happens every day pretty much. There's some sort of interaction because we're attentive to being used by God, where that's what we're here for and that's what we all should be doing, not just a, a career-paid missionary. Right. It's what we're supposed to be doing, just being aware of what's going down. So what's happened in recent years, uh, turning up to the beach, maybe at the same time as other days, but not always, and just going, where do I go on the beach? Mm. Do I take my surfboard? Do I go for a surf or not? And there's been times when I turn up and a significant incident, like an accident has happened at our beach. Mm. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened in recent recent times again and mm-hmm. and being able to be there and support people and assist them in their their time of need. And often it's I see that God's at work in their lives. They don't realize it, but behind the scenes someone's been praying that these people will come to come to faith. Mm. And it's a significant God moment happening. I'm referring to people that have drowned or nearly drowned in the ocean where we are, broken backs, hit mm. the sands, mm-hmm. all sorts of things like that. But just the right timing, they've been able to get rescued not physically die or being brought back to life with resuscitation, taken to hospital and um, had opportunities to reflect on their lives. Mm. Some people take it and use it as a, I'm going to make some changes and some do for a season and then they go back to their life again. And that's unfortunately what happens. Mm. Um, Mm. Then that happens in the Christians who have come to faith, been following well for a season and the distractions of the world mm-hmm. uh, take them away from what, from being fruitful followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the parable of the where the four seeds land right. is a very good passage to reflect on. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the stories we use in the stories of hope when we're sharing with people and inviting them to, hey, you've heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to become one of these people who fall by the wayside or are you going to become someone who's 30, 60, 100-fold yeah. disciple maker? Yeah. So that's that's one of the, the situations that, that have happened, mm-hmm. that people have a significant encounter with God, but then they don't always follow through on it. And they've had multiple chances and we keep being in their presence and hope, hoping that the roots of the gospel will actually get down and they'll start to really become fruitful followers. But unfortunately, there's, that's very slim pickings at the moment. Now, over these many years, have you seen some who really have been the, the seed that's produced 30, 60, 100 fold? Has that been something you've experienced along the way? Yeah, we have found to get the, the gospel well and continue to do well. Without pulling up the statistics, I'd probably say that 10% of people who hear the gospel, that means 90% don't want it. Mm. But then of that 10%, those ones actually go forward. So that's a very slim amount of people. Right. And potentially that 10%, you get your your really good multipliers who really do well. Mm-hmm. And that is actually who we're trying to invest into is the the 10% of the 10% of the 10%. Mm. And they uh, become pretty quality workers 
Um, we don't ignore the others, but we really focus on the people that are really living, choosing to live obedient to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we've taught them how to the commands of Christ so they can follow Jesus, they can be obedient, but we're helping them do that. Mm. So that's been what we're focusing on. Right. I hope this conversation with Mike so far has been interesting to you, just to hear a different type of ministry being used for missions and outreach. I'm going to pause the conversation here, and we will continue that in the next episode. So tune back in then. Find us online at missionchats.com.